This is the Ruck Infringement Podcast with Joey Alchin. Legends, welcome back to another episode of the Ruck Infringement Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joey, and this week's special guest doing another Ruck Infringement interview is the one and only Matt Elliott. Matt, how you going, mate? Never been better, Joey. The opportunity to talk to you, it's always a pleasure, mate. Mate, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, for those that don't know you, who may have lived under a rock for their whole uh, rugby league career, do you want to take us a bit through who you are and who you coached? Uh, well, it's been a while, so I, I think there's even people that don't live on rocks that don't know me, <laughs> mate. Yeah, so um, I think it's a decade this year since I've head coached. Um, so my first... Our uh, head coaching role was in the uh, UK Super League with a team called Bradford Bulls, which are no longer in the Super League. Um, I moved from there and got the opportunity to head coach Canberra for six years. Um, after that, I went to Penrith for five seasons and I had two seasons or not quite two seasons with the Warriors. So, um, yeah. Drifted around a little bit, but uh, yeah, had a great opportunity and you know, really grateful to all those clubs. Yeah, absolutely. And can you tell us a bit about the process of becoming a coach? So you were obviously an assistant coach for a little bit as well. Yeah, look, I, I was so blessed, and I, it wasn't something that I'd I'd uh, consciously done back when I finished. I had to retire at twenty eight because of bad knees. Yeah. And that was right on the precipice of the Super League war. So I was still one of those professional players that had another job. And I was lucky. I I was, I was got a fairly uh, good job in local government. I was a director of community services. Um, but when I retired through injury, Brian Smith, who was a coach at St. George, where I was playing, um, offered me a position on the coaching staff. And um, so I, along with that, I was the development officer at St. George Dragons as well. And, yeah, that uh, wasn't something I consciously set out to do. I guess looking in reflection, my decision to go into coaching and leave a director's role behind in, in local government at the time was probably a little bit uh, impromptu considering I had a family as well. So, but, um, yeah, I just... It was coaching by accident rather than yeah. coaching by, you know, that's what I always wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Now, the next question i got for you, we, we talked to a lot of coaches and former players as well, and the question I always ask is, who is the funniest player that you've coached? And there would be a few. Okay, what I'm going to do in this question, Joe, is I'm going to eliminate the English players because no one's going to know them. Yeah, but beautiful. I coached... I coached in Yorkshire, and if you want to know what funny is, go to Yorkshire for three weeks. That's all you will need. Right? So, um, actually, Brian McDermott, who's on the um, Newcastle coaching staff, who coached uh, the England team, now he was in the on the playing staff. I had he was hilarious. He was genuinely hilarious. But I'll go Australian players. Um, probably in a quirky way, Jason Smith. Okay. He, yep. Who played at Canberra. He was obviously at the very back end of his career. Um, I'm going to have to say he had a, a humour like the Sahara Desert, very dry, extremely dry, but hilarious. Oh, I love that, mate. That's a great shout. And now the next question, 
who's the strangest player that you've coached? Wow, that's a hard thing to confess outside. The strangest player I've ever coached. Well, even though it was only under-20s, Adam McDougall was a co player I coached in under-20s and he was um, slightly eclectic. Luke Lewis as okay. well. Yep. Luke Lewis is a player that had to have six showers a day. No. Um, uh, so, again... I don't think strange is the way, but very, very regimented in everything that yeah. he did. Yeah. So um, I guess, that, again, quirky, I'd put that under, but definitely the reason why Luke was so successful and is successful after footy is, is that he's so rigid in his approach to everything that mm -hmm. he never gets taken sideways. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, great planner. He's very routine-based. Uh, that's awesome. I wanted to... Next question. Tell us some stories about some great characters that you've coached. Well, again, Jason Smith I'll start with. Yeah. Um, Jason Smith had a big reputation as a, a smoker and a drinker. And it is true that he, he'd stub his last bunger out as he got out of his car from training, not that he wanted anyone to see it. And he had a reputation of all this stuff. But I guess the the other really great thing about Smithy was he was the hard trainer. He was the first on the field, mm. last to leave the field, held everyone around him so highly accountable. So he would be definitely quirky. Jason Croker, um, obviously a, a great of Canberra. Um, now not the highest serving player, but just an amazing guy. I do remember after one semi final that we didn't quite get across the line at when we were in New Zealand. He shoulder-pressed me 10 times, lifted me above his head and shoulder-pressed me 10 times. So he would definitely fall into the category of being slightly unique. Um, yeah. yeah, so those two, when you ask me, they're, they're the first two players that really spring to mind. Yeah, Good yeah. Fun. Yeah, lovely. That, and you need that. You need those characters in rugby league. Mate, for those that want to get involved, I know you said you fell into coaching by accident, but for those that want to get involved into the coaching scene, what's the best way to go about it? I think there's probably two two key approaches I'd share with you there, Joey. Is one, you've got to have a love for the sport yeah. and a love for people. Now, yeah. the greatest rugby league coach, you know, if you just want to look at records, is Wayne Bennett. Mm -hmm. Um. It's hard for me to say because I coached against Wayne, but that's the truth. His, his records speak for himself. Wayne, as you know, he obviously has a passion for the players that he coaches because his relationships are the foundation of his coaching. So being knowing how to create, preserve and sustain relationships at a really high level with young people you know, Wayne's 72 and he's still really close to 18-year-olds. Yeah. You know, um, and that's not an easy thing to do, you know, to have that that adaptability over such a long period of time. He has my admiration mm. for that, you know, definitely. You need, like, if you're, if you're looking at the NRL to coach, you need a work ethic that, you know, is going to make sure that – you know, you're you're at work every day of the year as much as you don't you'd rather not be and they're not short days. Yeah. You know, you're dealing with you know 30 to 40 
professional athletes, young professional athletes, as well as a large coaching staff and performance staff these days. So you're not going to be a, an effective head coach without a high-level work ethic. Mm. And obviously a part of the part of the passion of that game is to have an elite understanding and curiosity of not only what what high performance means in the game and what high-level execution in strategy means in the game, but a curiosity of how you make that better. And I think that's, a, you know, coming through under Brian Smith, particularly as an assistant, and for those who don't know Brian, you know, never won a grand final, but I don't I think he coached in, you know, probably six or seven of them. Yeah. You know, and the teams he got there probably didn't deserve to be there a lot of the time, which was an indication of what a high-quality coach he was. You know, but his level of diligence and understanding of how to create higher levels of performance was pretty impressive. So, you know, I was lucky to be exposed to that. Yeah, mate. No, that's awesome. I, I really love that. Uh, mate, is there one or, or more, a few games that stick out in your memory more so than any other? God. Again, I, I was really lucky to win competitions in the UK. So yeah. sharing those experiences, regardless of who the players were, were really special. I think the thing that sticks out for me is probably when you learn when you're not coaching. I used to go to work every day with 30 young people that wanted to get better every day. You know, people give coaching a bum rap and all the pressure. Who gets to do that? You know, and I got to do that as a head coach for, you know, for 18 years and, you know, and as an assistant for another, you know, five or so. So um, just that alone rather than one experience, the whole experience of just being in that environment. I, I think people have a distorted distorted view of it because the media, you know, that's boring for the yeah. media, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, that to, to hear that sort of phrase. But the truth is, is that 95% of footy players are good people, you know, and to have such a small amount of dickheads is rare. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't represent the other ninety-five percent that well sometimes, but just you know, just to be in, in the the company of so many good players and staff and everyone committed to trying to find a way to be better is, you know, you you really only understand the value of it when you come out of it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true, mate. Very true, uh, mate. Are you a rugby league fan yourself? You still follow the game? I'm I'm still working at the Dragons these days. Okay. I do a few, I do uh, three days there. Uh, I'm lucky to work on ABC Radio and do commentary. Yeah. You know, I want to have done that for now ten years. Goodness, um, or going into ten years. Um, oh yeah, I love the game. I, I loved it from my first memory of sport. Yeah, you know, I was, you know through to you know to modern day forty. I'm not. One of those people that oh back in my day the game you know yeah. <laughs> I'm just so enamoured with the athletic progression of the players skill level you know some of the stuff that we witness on the field I'm glad I don't play anymore that's for sure they they're, they're just yeah they're mind blowing what the, these guys are doing and I'm really excited about the trajectory of the game at the moment yeah yeah absolutely uh, it's funny what you said about you know people talking about you know back in my day 
the game has evolved and it, it, it's evolved in such a way where uh, it, it makes it a lot harder now, I think, for people to crack first grade because of that competition and the level of, um, just as you were saying, ability of the athletes. Well, the also thing you need to also understand now, Joey, is, is that you know the, the athletes are being prepared for NRL level at, from 16 now. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so they're not coming in. They're learning how to play NRL when they're 17. They're not learning how to play it when they're, you know, they're 21. Mm. So that, that you know, they've, they're, they're amazing. And obviously the dynamic of the, you know, of the game's changed. I guess the thing that, look, let's, Let's use a comparison here. I'm going to be respectful, but the approach to rugby union hasn't evolved, has it? It's pretty no. much played the same way as it was when, you know, I played it at school. Yeah, yeah. For a couple of years, as well as like rugby league. I never not played rugby league. Now, the fact that it hasn't evolved makes it boring for me. Mm. I, I can't tell you the last game of rugby union I watched. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, I think that, you know, we've had a lot of decision-making made in our game that wasn't great, you know, yeah. sometimes at the administrative level. But I think one of the things that rugby league's done really well is the evolution of our rules. And we've been also vulnerable enough to go, well, that rule wasn't a great one. Let's get rid of it. Mm. Yeah, so... <laughs> so I'm really proud about that of, of the game of how they've evolved the game and and it's continued to engage our spectators. I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been watching for about 25 years myself, and I I love the the fast pace of the game now. I, I think it's great. You know, it, it, it you you get to see these guys, and if they get into space, there's so much speed to burn. It's awesome to see. It's really good, uh, mate. How was life? After you retired, was it was it a struggle to, uh, you know, fit back into society as such? Uh, again, I, again, I got I got lucky again, mate. So, I guess Joey, one of the things that happened is I, I got the opportunity Andrew Moore through the ABC. So I mm. I worked pretty much four days a weekend um, initially, probably for the first six or seven years in ABC, and I I had some opportunities to coach again. But, I, you know, I was, one, I didn't want to go back overseas. And two, I was a bit cautious about going back into assistant coaching roles. Yeah. I did go back in 21 as an assistant coach for a little bit. But I, in the meantime, I started a wellbeing business. Oh, lovely. Um, and that wellbeing business was basically based on the premise of what I learned working in the high performance industry. Yeah. And what I learned with working with injured workers in particular and doing pre preventative stuff in, you know, places like corrective services facilities and hospitals and different uh, police, what I learned was the word high performance is a bit of a bullshit word, mate. It's human performance. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, using people like Anthony Minicello and Andrew Ryan and, and Mark Hughes as mentors in my business, started to give people access to high-performance tools mm -hmm. along with, a, you know, some doctors and, and other really highly qualified people in the sports industry. And what we found was these high-performance tools, if they work for an athlete, guess what, Joey? Yeah. They'll work for you too, mate. 
<laughs> so, you know, diet, movement, you know, mindset, um, you know, learning how to bond and human connection, breathing, sleeping, all those yeah. things that athletes get taught. If you're, you know, if I can make that accessible to you and you can understand it, you know, because there's a lot of complexity around those those topics, aren't they, these days? There's yeah. so much, you know, stuff that contradicts one other stuff. But we've been able to put it in a way that, one, is scientifically validated. And then when you get someone like Anthony Minicello talking to you, you got to lean in and listen to him. Oh, when yeah. he tells you about diet and shows you, you know, MRIs of his back when he missed three years of footy yeah. and shows them to you now and you go, no, that's amazing. So, yeah, it was, you know, again, rugby league gave me the gift of being able to come up with a concept around a business that gave people or every everyday people access to the processes that these athletes can do. And the amazing thing about these processes, Joey, is they're free. Yeah, awesome. You're breathing already. You know, you're eating already. There's just better ways of doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mate, do you just want to give the name of the company a plug and where people can find it as well? Yeah, the name of the, the company is called The Change Room. Yeah. Um, and that's, you can go to www.changeroom, sorry, yeah, .changeroom.info. Yeah. And there's also a book that I wrote called The Change Room that shares all those amazing people's approach. And they're not, again, it's not just males. We've got, you know, some pretty amazing females in our business. Dr. Ali Walker, who's, stuff on you know human connection is mind-blowing as well so um yeah very proud you know to be able to facilitate that and see those people you know change people's lives mind-blowing some of the stories joey mind-blowing yeah absolutely i mean i'm a massive chooks fan myself so talking about minicello just incredible stuff i remember those three years and i've actually read a little bit about what he did so nah mate incredible story there um Look, let's get into a bit of fun for 2024. Uh, big season coming up. Give us an early prediction. Maybe, you know, a, a, a bit of a way too early prediction. But give us an early prediction of a team that was in the bottom eight last year that's going to improve this year. Well, that's, again, you, you, you can predict the answer to that. I'm on staff at Dragons, mate. <laughs> you know, I will say this is that, you know, there's, I just feel like there's a, a lot of young players coming through. Now, if you're a Broncos fan, you remember two years ago, they got the wooden spoon. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's a nursery of players coming through at the Dragons that if they we when we keep all our senior players healthy and on the park, mm. you're going to be quite blown away by this, this this crop of young players coming through. Yeah. Um, None of them that will you'll know their names at the moment, but it'll be like the Broncos, I reckon, is that you know, you'll just start to see them and well, what are they doing there? And all of a sudden, you know, you'll be scratching your head and going, My goodness, where are these guys come from? And it's gotta be exciting having a new head coach in uh Flano as well. Yeah, I've known Flano for a long time and you know he he's brought some, you know, a real uh change to the environment and you know and just even some subtle things that he's done that you can see is going to make a massive difference. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great, mate. Uh, I've, I've, look, I've been looking at a few teams for 2024. I, I feel like the, the Bulldogs are going to be pushing hard. Uh, I feel like their signings, you know, they've signed every utility in the game almost. But 
I think they're pushing hard in 2024 to, to make the eight. But Dragons is a great shout, mate. We can't wait to see what happens in 2024. But just want to thank you for your time again. That's all we got time for today on our Rock Infringement interview. want to thank you for coming on, Matt. Uh, this interview will drop within the next few weeks before the 2024 season starts. Don't forget, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. And you can follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, Threads, LinkedIn for the for the professional as well. Uh, and that is, again, that's it. That's Matt. I'm Joey. Be good. Full time, Joey. Thanks, mate.